is going on people welcome to another episode of clutch pod as always i'm your host ab this is episode 35 of the podcast as always don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at clutch underscore pod so as you all know nba playoff season has officially begun the games will tip off later today with the first round matchups we've just gone through the eight seeding games and i just want to say that this has been an excellent excellent decision to create a bubble to play these nba games big up everyone involved obviously adam silver the commissioner he had a vision and that vision has come into fruition they've done numerous testing of the all 346 i believe like players and staff and there have been zero positive covid tests with all that being said i believe it's been it's gone very very well the games have been very enjoyable to watch a lot of them have been very very close games games that you wouldn't expect to be close have been going down to the wire we've had obviously a couple overtime games as well we had some performances that have been rather spectacular from players you would never expect tj warren stand up and yeah it's been i believe it's been very successful i'm just I'm just anticipating these playoffs to be amazing as well. Um, but before we dive into the first round matchups, I just want to speak on um, a couple of the seeding games and also dis- discuss a few staffing reshuffles in and around the league. So yeah, um, I guess the surprise of the bubble would be that the Phoenix Suns did go 8-0. So they showed great resilience to win all their seeding games. But unfortunately, it was not enough for them to qualify for the playing tournament. But I'm excited to see that what the future is for the Valley Boys. Big up Monty Williams. He won coaching of the seeding games. And big up Devin Booker as well. He was my pick for bubble MVP before it did go to Damian Lillard. So yeah, big up the Suns, man. They battled, they fought, but it just wasn't good enough. Um, literally, what more could you ask for? They literally won every single game. Devin Booker, he's a bad man. Hey, big up Stephen A. Smith, but Devin Booker, that guy is built different, man. I saw that turnaround jumper he hit over Kawhi and PG at the buzzer to defeat the Clippers. And yeah, I'm just waiting to see if hopefully they can build on this going into next season and try and make a serious playoff push. Because the way the Western Conference is looking right now, uh, a, a few great teams might miss out on the playoffs next season because the quality and the way the teams are built there, they're just they're just so great. Like it's the, there's a lot of talent in that conference right about now. So yeah, um, hopefully they can make a playoff push next season. Maybe add a few pieces. Big up Devin Booker, man, because. Uh, he's been he's been slept on in a way whereby everyone knows that he puts up his numbers 20 27 points per game his averages but the thing is people do say that he's putting up empty stats due to the fact that he is playing in phoenix in it and they haven't been good for a while so i think it's only now that they're starting to build some surrounding pieces around him that can help him so they drafted deandre ayton who has been solid ricky rubio's a nice playmaking pg that fits around Devin Booker they got shooters and guys like Cam Johnson Mikel Bridges has been nice plays some nice defense as well good free and D guy so yeah they've got the pieces hopefully they can just try and develop and Monty Williams can get them back into the playoffs but we got to talk about that guy Dame Dollar that guy he's built differently also man he fired the trailblazers into the playoffs he played really really well he put the team on his back even when they get, had guys that Skip Bayless hated on him, he blocked them out. He dropped 61 points, followed by a 50-piece. The first Blazer to do that since 
No, the first Blazers to do that, like, point blank. Literally, so big up Damian Lillard for that. They did go into the seeding game against the Grizzlies, beating them. So it only was one game. But yeah, big up Damian Lillard. Obviously, Nurkic and Zach Collins coming back from injury was a massive, massive boost for them. So they will play the Lakers in the first round. And I'll be real, I don't think LeBron wants to see that boy Dame in the first round. Not that I think the Blazers are going to beat them, but it's just such a tough, tough matchup, man. But we'll get into that properly when we um discuss when i make my first round predictions so yeah the blazers are into the playoffs now yeah we all knew um the teams that were coming that were making it out east the wizards literally just came to disneyland for free they went one and seven even that one game that they won was the last season game against the celtics who literally played like their their third stringers and that so yeah, the Wizards, boy, no Bradley Bill, no Davis Bertans. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's just extra fitness for them, man, innit? But yeah, one thing I do want to discuss before we do go into the playoff matchups, there have been a lot of coaching reshuffles and staffing reshuffles in the league following the season games. So first of all, Vladi Divac has stepped down as um, GM of the Sacramento Kings, as has his assistant, Peja Stojakovic. That was a shooter back in his day, you know. Hey, Pages to Yakovic? Nah, that guy was different still. I believe the Kings, they need to do something, man. They really need to reshuffle their team and do something because since they brought in Luke Walton, they have not been very good at all. I mean, last season was the closest they've been to breaking their now 14-year playoff drought. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2006 when they were in they were in the ninth seed last year and they made a big push but obviously it didn't work out but they were playing good basketball man under coach david yerga and now they've got luke walton and i think he's just they've just taken a step backward i believe gm vladi has stepped down um i don't know what that means for his beloved serbian players nemanja bielica and also bogdan bogdanovic Bogdanovic was inserted into the starting lineup during this season with Buddy Hood moving to the bench. And I think Buddy Hood has been disgruntled ever since. If you know Buddy Hood, one of the most lethal three-point shooters in and around the league. And I don't believe that guy should be coming off the bench at all because he, he's got the quality to be starting in this league, man. I don't know if they're going to have a um, house sale down in Sacramento, but I do think teams will be sniffing at the chance to trade for Buddy Hill in the offseason, especially teams that need shooting like the Sixers. So yeah, that's the um, state of play for the Sacramento Kings. The Pelicans have parted ways with head coach Alvin Gentry. That's big, big news. Pelicans have been poor in these seeding games. They were favoured to make the playoffs or at least make the playing game after it was reported that they had the easiest schedule in the seeding games, but they did end up with a losing record. Um, Zion Williamson as well I, me personally I did not like the way he was being handled in not even just in the bubble for the seeding games but during the season in general obviously we all know he's coming through uh, coming from a long injury he has a injury history dating back from like college days at Duke but the way his minutes are I don't really understand like he's av it's like he's averaging like 10 minutes a game like, like a man will play 15 minutes one game then he'll be out the next game. Like I just want to see him play. Like he's had a four month. He's had four months of playing no basketball, where you could like try to um get into shape and like recover from his injuries. And the only way you can get into really like playing shape is by <laughs> literally playing. But he's not really doing that at reg. Re he's not really doing that regularly. 
So it's really frustrating to watch because he's an elite, elite talent in this league and he has the potential to literally be one of the best players in the league down the line. So yeah, I know a lot of head coaches will be looking at that Pelicans job thinking that's a bit of me still because when you look at their young core, you got your Brandon Ingrams, Alonzo Ball, you got obviously Zion Williamson. Like, is it, I think it's a job that will be very attractive for a lot of coaches. So yeah, that's what's going on in... New Orleans and finally <laughs> to the relief of all Chicago fans worldwide they have fired Jim Boylan <laughs> probably one of the worst coaches in the NBA but yeah it's been a puzzling puzzling tenure for him I know a lot of players have been disgruntled with the way he coaches and f- little things like him not calling timeouts or him just being incompetent at his job so yeah that's another job whereby i think a lot of G- a lot of coaches will be looking at i mean they've got a young team that are rebuilding so it'll be interesting to see who takes that job i know a lot of teams have been sniffing around for Ty Lue, and i will not be surprised if he gets a head coaching role very very soon okay bubble teams so the nba did announce that they're gonna make a will award a bubble MVP and also a bubble like coach like the best coach and also all bubble first team and all bubble second team so the MVP of the bubble awards as I said earlier was Damian Lillard for firing his team into the playing tournament and into the playoffs and the bubble team coach was Monty Williams so big up him first year coach as well so he's making a lot of progress down in Phoenix and first team all bubble so yeah, first team all bubble was Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, TJ Warren, Luka Doncic, and James Harden, and James Harden. And second team all bubble was Yanis, Kawhi, Kristaps Porzingis, Karis Levert, and Michael Porter Jr. So bubble MVP went to Dame Lillard for firing his team not only to the playing tournament but also through to the playoffs to take on Brown James and the Lakers. So. What I do want to say though, some other outstanding performers who I watched were De'Aaron Fox. And listen, I know, I know the Kings, they were not very good in the bubble. But De'Aaron Fox was flat out balling, I can't lie. He had a 30-point game. Um, He played really well against the Pelicans, up against Lonzo Ball, who he seems to outperform every single time he comes up against him. I think he has a vendetta against him. Because obviously Lonzo went second in that draft and... um. De'Aaron Fox went fifth. About every time he sees Lonzo, it's like it's game on. He just turns into a, a peripheral all-star, bruv. But yeah, De'Aaron Fox really impressed me. Gary Trent Jr. just emerged out of nowhere. Listen, that guy, he can shoot the rock. He was lights out in literally every game in the bubble, hitting five threes, six threes, uh, um, multiple, multiple games. So yeah, big up him. He- He's a shooter still. He's a shooter. He impressed me a lot. Big up Gary Trent Jr. on the Blazers. Um, and one other guy, Yusuf Nurkic. Big up Nurkic, man. He's come back from his injury and he's just been a beast, literally in the paint. He's even started hitting threes. And I did not know Nurkic was a three-point shooter <laughs> at all, bruv. But yeah, big up Nurkic. He had a 2020 game in the playing tournament against the Grizzlies. He came up big. And this was hours before... His grandma sadly died of COVID-19 in Bosnia. So may she rest in peace. But big up Nurkic for balling um, given those circumstances and going all out for his team. So yeah, 
Um, those are some of the players that impressed me in the bubble as well. So now we're gonna, I'm gonna go into the first round matchups and discuss who I think will win both conferences. So we're gonna start off in the East. So the Bucks take on the Magic, and the less said about this series, the better. Bucks sweep, no problem at all. Um, Yanis is gonna dominate as always. He he might even just play three quarters, literally, because they're gonna be so they're gonna be up by so much going into the fourth quarter that they won't need to play him. At this point, I just think that the Bucks need to buy into into the next round, like similar to what they did in the NFL, literally, because there's just no point. They're just gonna <laughs> it's just gonna get long. Obviously, the Magic without Jonathan Isaac again, who suffered a his second season-ending injury this season. So prayers up to him. Next game is the Toronto Raptors against the Brooklyn Nets. Yet again, I believe it will be another sweep. Um, the Nets are without literally four of their five starters. No DeAndre Jordan, no Kyrie Irving, no Kevin Durant, no Torian Prince. Um, literally, Karis LeVert has been carrying the load for them. They have been very impressive in the bubble. They've got players who are literally playing for contracts and you don't want to go up against players like that because they they're going to put it all on the line. Karis LeVert's been decent in the bubble. I think he has like the fourth highest usage rate in the seeding games behind guys like Harden and Luka. So they've literally been going to him for offense. It's been a nice story for the Nets in the bubble, but it ends here, unfortunately. <laughs> the Raptors, they're going to have too much for them to even be able to compete with. So yeah, I've got the Bucks and Raptors both winning in four. And then we come on to one of the big matchups in the playoffs. In the first round, at least, the Boston Celtics up against the Philadelphia 76ers. They have been rivals for decades, and the rivalry continues from literally the Julius Irvin and Moses Malone era to the Kevin McHale and Larry Bird era. Now it's the Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum era. <laughs> the, my Sixers, it's, it's been a tough, tough season for us. We had such high expectations that just came down literally just plummeted and now we're going to be without Ben Simmons for literally the rest of the season he also suffered his second season ending injury he had a nerve impingement in his back which was meant to rule him out for the season I know at the time they said it's going to be he's going to be out till like April but with the Sixers medical department I don't trust them at all he was going to be out for the season there's no doubt about that and now he had he had to have knee surgery and he's effectively going to be out for the rest of the playoffs they say unless we make a deep run and which number one I don't see us making a deep run and number two even if you do make a deep run, like I said, I don't trust the medical staff. They'd be lying. He's out for the season. So, yeah, this is going to be a big series from a Sixers point of view, expecting a lot from Joel Embiid. He has to carry us if we have any chance of winning. I do have us winning in seven, though. <laughs> I don't know if that's me having biased hope, but I do feel like there is a way where we can beat the Boston Celtics without Ben Simmons, just simply because they have no one that can match up against Joel Embiid. I mean, absolutely no one. NS Cantor, Robert Williams, Daniel Tice, those are their bigs. No one. Tackle four, <laughs> even though he, he ain't going to get no minutes. They have no one that can match up against him. But then again, like there's so many storylines to this matchup that it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what pans out. Because despite the fact that I've said they have no one to guard Embiid, we've seen a lot of teams try to double him and he has had a lot of trouble 
um, reacting to double teams, especially in the post. But of late in the bubble, he's starting to pass out to Gaza Alec Burks, starting to trust his teammates. Furkan Korkmaz has been hitting them shots. So if he can do that more and um, recognize the double team earlier, then that could be a huge game changer for us, especially if we can have guys that can knock down these three-point shots. So, yeah, that's going to be a big, big um, factor in this series. Another big, big factor is the coaching. I think we have a coaching mismatch, man. That boy Brad Stevens can coach. I mean, we saw it in the 2018 playoffs when no Kyrie Irving and uh, Boston Celtics um, beat the Sixers in five um, and went all the way to the conference finals, taking LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers to game seven. So, yeah, that boy Brad Stevens can coach. As for Brett Brown, boy, I don't know, man. He, I think this this is, um, especially with the recent coaching firings we've had in the last week, his job is severely, like, like it's definitely on the line. Like, he needs a win or, or his bust, I think. I think, yeah, they need to part ways with him because, especially with the media pressure, man, all this, they need to split up. Embiid and Simmons, they can't play together. A lot of people have been finger-pointing Brett Brown. So I really think um, a win here would, against all odds, it seems, would really help to boost team morale. With this game, the thing is, despite the fact the Celtics have no one to guard Embiid, like, their wings, their depth in their wing position is just insane, man. Like, you got your Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Kemba, Marcus Smart, like... All of these guys can go off. Like, it's one of them ones, any of them could go for 30 in a game, yeah, and no one would, no one would think that it's something unusual because those guys can score the ball. With Gordon Hayward, he will be leaving the bubble for the birth of his child, but I think that will come in the later round of the playoffs, possibly the second round. One of the things I would say from a Sixers point of view, we need to um, find someone who can try and match up with their wings. Josh Richardson, he's known as a great perimeter defender. His defense has slacked, though. But then again, the whole team's defense has slacked in general, especially in the bubble. I mean, we let we let up 40 points against the Pacers, and TJ Warren here had a career high of 53 points. Like, So it's been really, really frustrating to watch, as this is a team that we've said are, are play bully ball defense. They're, they're built for the playoffs. So this is where we need to see what's going on. Josh Richardson did match up with Kemba Walker in the playoffs in 2016, I believe, when the Hornets came up against the Miami Heat. And Kemba did acknowledge he played good defense on him. So hopefully he can replicate that as that will be huge for the Sixers. Also, that boy Jason Tatum, man. I don't know who's going to match up with him, but there needs to be someone that, to play great defense on him if the Sixers stand a chance to win this series. Um, I don't know if Brett Brown will put Al Horford on him, but Al Horford is a guy, yeah. He's been slandered by Sixers Twitter the whole year. To be fair, he hasn't had the greatest of seasons at all. And I don't think it's because he's declined. Because that drop-off from where he was last season to this season is too great for that to be just a decline due to age. But like I said, he's one of those guys, seasoned veteran. He has a wealth of playoff experience. And he's up against his former team. So he has to play a huge part if the Sixers want to advance to the next round, yeah, he needs to be big, man. Especially with Ben Simmons. He's probably going to be matched up with Jason Tatum. Um, he might not ha still have the foot speed, but I think he can guard him pretty well. So, yeah, Al Horford, he also needs to just, like, hit his perimeter shots, like, them post-ups. 
them little baby hooks and that. He needs to hit them consistently for us to stand a chance. And he needs to be that defensive anchor, him and Embiid in the front court. So, yeah, um, there have also been rumours, I've been hearing discussions that Brett Brown is considering starting Matisse Thibel in place of Josh Richardson in the lineup. Matisse Thibel has emerged as one of the best defensive players in the team and possibly even the league. Definitely amongst rookies. His hustle play, his awareness, like he's 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 an off-ball pest, really. He's a nice on-ball defender as well. I don't know if he should be starting though, man, because he does get into a lot of foul trouble and he's a, he's proved to be an inconsistent shooter. So I don't know if throwing a rookie straight into the deep end in the first round of the playoffs is the answer. But if Brett Brown feels like he's ready, then boy, I'm ready to back him every step of the way because I know what um, a force he is on the defensive end. But I just don't know how it'll work. Especially considering they were saying he might guard Tatum. And Tatum has the height advantage over him. And I don't know, man, because Matisse gets in foul trouble a lot as well. And I really don't want him getting into foul trouble, picking up two early fouls in the first. Because that's going to severely limit his minutes. And we need him to play as many minutes as possible because of what he can do on the defensive end. So, yeah, I will go with Josh Richardson in the starting lineup. Um, even though he hasn't been great. He had that one great bubble game, though, for us. I think he dropped like a 30 piece. That was good to see because he really needed that in his system. Uh, he's another player who suffered from injuries this season. He had a hamstring injury that sidelined him for like eight, nine games during the regular season. Shake Milton, who also is going to be a big, big series for him. Um, he's first as a starter. He needs to knock down those three-point shots. That's why he has been integrated into the starting lineup because of our lack of shooting. And he just needs to, like initiate the offense i don't we he for a point guard he's the best that we have right now with ben simmons being out but he's not the greatest i'll say at being a floor general but he's he's the best for what we have like i don't want just richardson running the point man we've tried that it, it just doesn't work at all alec burks is a nice spark plug but he needs to come off the bench because he that's his that's his role like that spark plug off the bench that lou williams kind of role dare i say it but he's proven that he can score off the bench, so that will be key. And I just realised I've been talking a lot on the Sixers, but I'm going to go to the Celtics now. We all know with the Celtics, like I said, they have that playoff experience. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, Jason Tatum in his rookie season went all the way to the conference finals, so th that's a that's a player we have to watch out for. Campbell Walker, this is going to be his first like proper playoffs where he has real expectations. Previously, he's been like the seven eight seed on the Hornets, whereby he'll be lucky to get a game. But this is where we find out what Campbell Walker is made of. I mean, he's a big shot maker, big shot taker, but we have to see how he plays in the playoffs with this Boston Celtics team. Um, he has suffered from injuries recently in the bubble, but I do believe he is 100% healthy now. That's, what's, that's what needs to happen if the Celtics need to win. They just need to literally rely on their wings. So, yeah, that's where it's going to be tough for the matchup. Tobias Harris is another player who needs to step up big. He wasn't the greatest last playoffs, um, but he has improved his defense, So and he's going to need to be on point. Because them Celtic wings, boy, I keep mentioning it. Them boys are tough, man. They're tough. Joel Embiid, no doubt, is the X factor for us. Like I said, there's no one that can match up with him. So he just needs to go all out. He needs to dominate. He needs to try and stay healthy as well because he's had real problems with that. Most recently with his wrist, I think he got banged on when we played the Raptors. 
So yeah, he needs to dominate. But unfortunately, I do see a I do see a um, scenario where Embiid dominates and the Celtics still win the series because at the end of the day, um, Brad Stevens, the type of coach he is, I can I can just see him just saying, listen. Like, we, we can't have no one that can match up with Embiid. So, we're just going to literally outscore them. Uh, we're going to find a way to um, just push him to the limits, being how fragile he is, and just, like, find a way around it. So, yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be um, a huge X factor in who does win this series. But like I said, I do see the Sixers winning in seven. And in order to do that, like I said, Embiid needs to dominate and there needs to be a team effort to defend the Boston Celtics wings. So moving on to the final first round first round playoff matchup in the East. The Miami Heat up against the Indiana Pacers. This has been dubbed the Jimmy Butler-TJ Warren rivalry. This stemmed from way back into earlier in the regular season before the lockdown where they had a little scuffle. And Jimmy Butler said he's soft, he's not in my league, he can never ever guard me. And then the Heat went on to play the Pacers and he limited um, TJ Warren. I think he shot 5 for 14, whereas Jimmy Butler dropped like 19 and 11 and the Heat won in a blowout. So yeah, this is going to be a really, really interesting series. I got the Heat winning in 5, no sub bonus for the Pacers as we know. TJ Warren has reportedly been hurt as well although it's been reported that it's not that serious but i do think that may affect his game if they put jimmy butler on tj warren <laughs> heat sweep but yeah i got them winning in five this is another game where there's a few unknowns because you've got guys like tyler hero duncan robinson kendrick nunn bam at all making their playoff debuts um but them guys those guys can shoot they got shooters barring bam obviously but yeah tyler hero duncan robinson i've been really really impressed with him that guy is emerging as one of the premier three-point shooters in the league he's played very very well in the bubble he's been lethal from free man i think those boys they're gonna shoot the lights out and uh Heat are just gonna gentlemen sweep the paces in five. Obviously, VO is still getting back to full fitness as well. So I feel like the main offensive load will be going through TJ Warren. Um and I, he's been good this bubble, but he's not he's not that guy to uh fire the paces into the second round, man. Not against the Miami Heat coach with under Eric Spolcher anyway, man. No way. And that is the um so that's it for the Eastern Conference first round. So I got Bucks in four, Raps in four, Sixes in seven, and Heat in five. Moving on to the Western Conference, the one seed LA Lakers coming up against the Portland Trail Blazers. This is going to be a big series, man. A lot of people have said don't see from the Blazers. They could somehow um beat the Lakers. I don't have that though. I got them taking two games though. I got the Lakers in six, um simply because. That boy, Dame Dala, I don't know if anyone can match up against him and CJ McCollum because the Lakers really don't have any guards that can um, defend the perimeter at a level to limit guys like Dame and CJ. Big up Alex Caruso. He is nice, but he's no match for Dame Dala, man. Not for Damian Lillard. Also, Danny Green, uh, his defense has slowed this season, man. I mean, he's like, what, 32, 33 right now. He hasn't been great defensively. Um... We all know he's still a lights-out shooter, especially from the corner. So, yeah, he's going to have to have a big playoffs. He's going to have to have a big series if the Lakers want to um, win this series in un less than six games. 
Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo will be missed, especially in this series. Avery Bradley, probably their best, not even probably, he's their best on-ball perimeter defender. He would have been the guy to match up against Damian Lillard had he not opted out of the bubble. And, of course, Rondo coming off the bench to um, supply that defense as well. He's out with a broken hand. So, yeah, the Lakers, they don't really have a guard that can lock down or even try to limit them because, see, players of that quality, you can't really lock them down. You just have to limit them in what they do offensively. So, see, CJ McCollum as well. <laughs> the CJ stands for clutch jumpers. That boy steps it up in the clutch as well, man. They they show Dame a lot of love, but CJ's that guy as well, you know. Listen, I ain't forgotten about his Game 7 um performance against the Denver Nuggets in the second round of the um, Western Conference last season, you know. That boy, that boy low-key carried Dame, I can't lie. Even in the playing games, his um, ISO on jar before he said he can't guard me. So, yeah, I like CJ, man. This is also a matchup of bigs that I like to see. You got Yusuf Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside up against JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis. So yeah, they're gonna be banging it. They're gonna be banging down low in the posts. That's gonna be interesting to see. Um but yeah I got Damian Lillard stealing two games for the Blazers. They might they'll probably win like a game two and maybe like game four. I think Bron's going to be doing Bron-like things. You know how he gets in the playoffs, zero dark 30 mode, although he said that doesn't count this year because obviously they're in a bubble. The Lakers, obviously, ever since, it's hard to judge them because in the seeding games, they haven't been at their best. Their defense has been poor, but at the same time, they locked up the one seed from early, innit? So I feel like once they had locked that up, they kind of took their foot, foot off the gas um, Bron and AD only play like the first half of a few games. So I don't really think that's something to look into like that. But like I said, I do have the Blazers taking two games. And you know how the media gets. If the Blazers win those two, they're going to like overreact and say, yeah, they're not going to win the championship. This, this, that. Listen, I still got the Lakers winning the championship still. I won't lie. But yeah, um, Lakers in six for me. LA Clippers against the Dallas Mavericks. This is going to be another very, very interesting first-round series. Um, I've got the Clippers winning in six as well. I think Luka and them boys are going to take two games from the Clippers. Statistically, the Mavericks have actually been like one of the greatest teams offensively in NBA history, and I find that crazy. Like That's actually mad. There's a lot of unknowns, I believe, in this playoff series. I mean, um, there's a few players I don't really trust in the playoffs as well, like... Lou Williams has been notorious for not translating his regular season performances into the postseason. So I'll be keeping an eye out for him. Obviously, Paul George as well. Guys on the Mavs, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a guy... Oh, he can, he's a nice player, don't get me wrong. like, But he's so hot and cold. I don't watch every Mavs game, innit? But there'll be times I'll check a box going and see he dropped 30 on like... 60% shooting, hit like three, four threes. And I'm like, all right, all right, Tim Hardaway Jr., do your thing. But then there'll be games, I'll check box scores, and but brother dropped like four points. And I'm thinking, but he just dropped 30 like the game before. So yeah, he's a very hot and cold player that I don't really understand. And players like that are players I don't really trust in the playoffs, man, because more often he, there's too many, there's more four point games than them 30 point performances. So, yeah, and also, this is Luca and Paul Zingas' first playoffs. Like I said, the playoffs is very, very different from a regular season. I don't think Luca will struggle, but I've seen stranger things, especially with superstars in the playoffs. 
if you want to call Luka Doncic a superstar. We saw Porzingis, um, he's going to have to supplement Luka as well. Those guys can shoot the ball though anyway. The only thing for Luka is I don't want him to... Because you take such a high volume number of shots. I don't want him to overshoot if if that makes sense. And then just think that he has to take every shot. The main question for me in this series is can the Mavs shoot it efficiently? Because they have shooters. You've got your Maxi Kleber. He's nice from free. Dorian Finney-Smith has really been playing well. Obviously, you've got your Luke up, Wazingis as well. So, yeah, they got guys that can shoot. Seth Curry, statistically, the better shooter out of the Curry brothers. It's crazy to say. Yeah, they got guys that can really shoot the ball. It's just that can they shoot it efficiently enough to trouble the Clippers? And I think they will. Obviously, for the Clippers, Montres Harrell has been away for a while, but I think he's back. He should be ready for game one. And yeah, this is a matchup of really two very experienced coaches in the league. You got Rick Carlisle and also Doc Rivers, two coaches with championship DNA going at it. So it will be an interesting matchup. Um, Kawhi and PG. Obviously, you know how that boy Kawhi gets in the playoffs if he puts the team on his back. So yeah, I got I got the Clippers winning in six, but that's only if the Mavs can shoot it efficiently because I feel like they can outshoot a lot of teams in the league. So yeah, that's that's the um, Clippers-Mavs matchup. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, they're going to play the Utah Jazz in the first round. I'd be real, this, this matchup doesn't really have that much appeal, man. Especially when you consider all the players that are going to be out. But yeah, two high-altitude sides. Obviously, that doesn't matter because they're playing in Orlando. But yeah, these two teams... They got that high altitude. You got the mile high, the mile high city up against um, Utah. But yeah, I got the Nuggets winning in five still. Um, they're really, yeah, I don't think they'll struggle at all. Um, Jokic, I believe he's going to take over, do his stuff. <laughs> Slim Jokic, as they call him. But yeah, I think he's going to dominate. Jamal Murray, I want to see a lot from him as well. I want to see him, I want yeah, I want to see him score the ball more as well. He's a player that I like. And Denver, they've uncovered two wild cards. Michael Porter Jr., that boy can flat out ball. He had a 30.15 rebound game with five threes in the bubble. And that is the first rookie to ever post them kind of numbers. So that is crazy. Big up Michael Porter Jr. And Ball Ball as well. That guy's been flat out balling. We already know he was an internet sensation from before he even got drafted. The son of Manute Bowl, the late Manute Bowl. So, yeah, Denver, they're a nice young team as well. I mean, the only player they have over the age of 30 is Paul Millsap. So, they're still on the come up, innit? So, yeah, in the next three, four years, trust me, the Nuggets, I feel like they're going to be a problem. Especially when you think about the way MPJ's been playing and Bowl Bowl. And obviously, you got your Jokic, he's like, like, what, 26, 26, 25, 26. And Jamal Murray is like 23. So, yeah, they've got a great core for the future. We got Mac Malone as well. He's a head coach that I really, really like. But yeah, I see I see the Nuggets. They're just gonna sweep away the Jazz. The Jazz, unfortunately, they're suffering from a lot of absences. We already know um Boyan Bogdanovic, one of their starters, 20 point per game scorer. He's gonna be out. Well, he's already been out for the rest of the season. He had surgery on his hand. Um, that's a huge miss for them. He's a great shooter, plays nice defense as well. He's even hit a couple game winners. I think two for them this season against like the Bucks and the Rockets I believe so yeah Boyan Bogdanovic he's gonna be a huge miss obviously they acquired him this off season um and also Mike Conley he's gonna 
He's left the bubble for the birth of his son and it's been reported he's certain to miss the first two games of the series and likely to miss the first three. So no Mike Conley for at least the first two games, the Utah Jazz are going to struggle. I believe they're really going to struggle. I don't know if they're going to insert Jordan Clarkson into the starting lineup because he's a guy who can get off the bench. Um, He's a real bucket getter. I like him a lot in that off the bench role. But yeah, so the offensive load is really, really going to be on Donovan Mitchell. But we've seen how that boy can handle pressure, man. I mean, what game was it? There was a game in the bubble where he was just making ridiculous shots. Sent it to overtime. Couldn't um get the dub. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell, I believe... I don't want to say he's underrated. But you know in them debates, yeah, of these young players. When you've you got your Devin Booker. You've you got your Luka. You've got your Donovan Mitchell. He's always last in them, like, who would you who would you keep? Or, or start bench cut. He's always getting cut in that, isn't it? And it's, it's rightly so in some scenarios. I ain't going to lie in it. Because them boys, I just feel like they're nicer than him. But that does not mean that that boy is a scrub. Because he can ball. Like, I've seen what that guy can do. Especially in the playoffs. As a rookie, he knocked out um, Russ and them boys in the first round. So that boy is tough, man. I can't lie. But I feel like this assignment is just too much for him yet again. But yeah, I've got, I got the Nuggets winning in five. Also, the, um, the Jazz are without Ed Davis. Um, he has a left knee MCL injury. So that's another piece that's going to harm their depth. They've got Tony Bradley. who can play them back up big minutes when Rudy Gobert goes to the bench. But I don't think that's enough. i got the Nuggets winning in five. Okay, so moving on. Last series of the first round. It's a big one as well. Another one with huge storylines. The Houston Rockets up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. you got Russell Westbrook going up against the team who drafted him and the team where he's played all his career up until this season up against OKC and Chris Paul, the guy who he was traded for, also going up against his former team. So yeah, this is going to be a big, big storyline. Unfortunately, though, Russell Westbrook is injured. He's going to miss a few games. I feel, I think he's, he's definitely out for game one today and I don't know if he'll make game two, but I feel like he'll be reassessed. So, yeah, he's going to definitely be out for game one. Obviously, you know, the Rockets, they've gone all in on this small ball thing. They've got Rocco starting at centre, which is crazy because I watched that brother in Philly play small forward. <laughs> they've got PJ Tucker as though. Well. He's been getting banged on all season. His body must be in tatters, man. I can't even lie. I do feel like small ball will prevail in this series. I've got the Rockets winning in six. But you know what? I'm actually on the fence. Well, I'm not on the fence, but I would not be surprised if OKC just pulled this one out of the bag, man. Because they slept on that boy Chris Paul all season. They said the Thunder won't even make the playoffs after they traded PG and, and Ross. And now look what's happened. You can't count out Chris Paul. That brother deserves to be on an all-NBA ballot this season, hands down. He has really... um taken authority of this OKC team, taking guys like Shea Gilgis, Alexander under his wing, Darius Baisley as well. And yeah, he's been a great mentor to learn from. So big up Chris Paul, man. This is what happens. You can't sleep on them boys. Just like my boy Melo, they slept on that boy. Have you seen them clutch shots he's been hitting in the bubble? They don't want to see Melo, man. Big up Carmelo Anthony as well, man. 36 years old, still doing it. Can't wait to see him go up against his mate LeBron, the 2003 draft class doing their thing boy yeah i think the rockets there i feel like 
they can shoot the lights out against this OKC team. Steven Adams, he doesn't want to be running around the perimeter trying to guard PJ Tucker for them corner threes. He's he he does not want to do that. Oh man, it's gonna be an interesting series though because okay, so you do have that free guard closing lineup. They like to run CP Shea and also Dennis Schroeder. Then you got Gallo as well. So yeah, they got shooters as well, man. Pick up Danilo Gallinari. He's just one of those seasoned vets, yeah. That are just he's just a solid solid player, bro. He can shoot it. He's been around the league, good New York Knicks teams that had Melo and Tyson Chandler and that. He was on those good Denver Nugget teams as well in the playoffs. Now he's on these, now he's on OKC. Like, he's just one of those, you know, you know, those, one of those solid guys, bruh. But you'll never hear him get mentioned like that. But he's just one of those guys under the radar, does his thing, fam. So yeah, big up Gallinari, I like him. He was nice in that clippers warriors series last season as well when the clippers took them to six games so yeah hopefully he can reciprocate that form against the rockets so yeah but like i said i will not be surprised if this game go if this series goes to game seven but it's all sweating on whether or not russell westbrook can make it back as soon as he can obviously dennis Schroeder, i don't know if he's left the bubble yet but he is gonna leave the bubble for the birth of his child so I don't know when he's gonna go or come back. But one thing I wanna say, big up Lou Dort. Um he's a rookie, two guard for the Thunder. He plays nice defense, man. He's a solid on board defender, perimeter defender as well. I know the that's gonna be valuable for the Thunder because they gotta guard them shooters on the perimeter that on the Rockets. Those are my first round predictions. So just to go over them in the east, I've got Bucks winning in four, Raps winning in four. Sixers winning in seven. Heat winning in five. And out west, I've got the Lakers winning in six. The Clippers winning in six. The Nuggets winning in five. And the Rockets winning in six. So, yeah, I'm so happy the NBA is back, man. I can't lie, especially with this pandemic. Um, Just make sure you keep wearing your masks and that. And big up Adam Silver and the NBA for organizing this NBA bubble experience as well in Orlando it's been very very it's probably one of the safest places to be like like COVID free like it's crazy waiting on the playoffs it's gonna be a fun watch man so I'm gonna wrap up this pod obviously this is an NBA only pod but yeah this is your host AB don't forget to follow us on Twitter at clutch underscore pod and also on the gram at clutch underscore pod and I'll be back soon love